anyway. Okay. Good morning, everybody. It's uh, Mary Lynn Harris here um, with uh, Creating an Impactful Legacy, and I'll be live streaming on YouTube shortly. And uh, today, my guest is Mark Rally, and we'll be talking to you about some of the things that he thinks is really important now that how businesses need to really pivot uh, and how they're doing business. And uh, he believes that it should be people first. And uh, so I'd like to hear more about what he thinks about and what he's up to and how he's gonna do that. So welcome, Mark. Thank you, Mary Lynn. <laughs> how are you doing today? Fantastic. Good, good. I know you're in a nice warm weather. Uh, <laughs> probably can't quite do sun tanning, but I mean, I'm sure that your weather's very nice down Southern California. Yeah, so, we, we don't get much reason to complain down here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Mark, tell us a little bit about um, what you, why you believe people first and why um, you think that, and just introduce yourself and what you've been up to doing that. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, so I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, I've done 14 startups in my days. And I, I think most people who say they're serial entrepreneurs because usually the first one went well. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that was the case. Uh, coming out of the army in my early 20s, um, got involved in a startup and we grew up to 800 employees and took it mm -hmm. public. So kind of had that startup dream of, you know, the fun ride up. Um, mm -hmm. We also uh, built some character when the market corrected itself a few years later, mm -hmm. but um, you know, really got hooked in the startup world ever since. Mm -hmm. um, and recently kind of doubled down on that journey. Um, last year in 2020, we created a venture studio, which is a venture studio is a mix of kind of a um, venture capitalist mm -hmm. and an incubator. So mm -hmm. we're looking to, you know, come up with the best ideas, knowing how to put the capital to place and deploy it, but also having awesome teams that, you know, take these ideas to fruition uh, probably more rapidly and more successful than, than most people. That's, that's the goal at least. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, how did you come to the idea about people first in your incubator or in your business? Sure. Yeah. I, mean, I think we've, uh, one of the things we looked at in the incubator is saying, you know, what is going to be the differentiator for companies in the next, you know, 10, 20 years, you know, mm -hmm. companies we're building now, we're hopefully going to have that, you know, that kind of future ahead of them. Um, and I think that we're reinventing businesses right now. I think, mm -hmm. you know, the pandemic just brought that along, but, but I think in a lot of ways we're on the slide of, you know, technology 15 years has been encroaching on our personal lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we all know that feeling of, you know, have to reply to an email at 10 o'clock at night or reply on weekends. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that's the way it used to be, you know, mm -hmm. it used to be that, you know, you went home at the end of the day and, you know, you had built-in work-life balance. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now I think what we're seeing is, um, you know, we're asking our folks and our teams to be working around the clock. Technology is allowing that to happen. Mm -hmm. But with the pandemic, I think the blessing in disguise of the pandemic was now it was no, no longer debatable that we were actually invading the home life. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> the business world is invading the home life. And so suddenly people got comfortable with being in their jammies, having their kids hanging on their heads. You know, it's life. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. 
And so I think that's a, you know, that's a blessing in disguise is that we've all dropped a little bit of our facades, you know, we're all doing our best in this world to juggle. And I think you got to create a culture in your companies that brings the best out in folks, but allows them to be honest and talk about what they're going through and, and asking for time off if they need or support where they need it. I mean, there's no secrets that, you know, mental health and substance abuse is a, you know, it's a train wreck right now in this country and Mm -hmm. it's probably still being underreported, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think people first to us means you're a place that you can feel safe, like a family, Mm -hmm. um, to be real, um, Mm -hmm. and that you have to create, you know, the culture that's tolerant, um, that's supportive, Mm -hmm. you know, because we really have broken down the barriers between business and and personal lives. So that's what it means to us. Yeah, I think too, is, you know, as you were saying, we all have to pivot in our business. So we decide whether we're changing direction or, or what we're, how we're going to do something different, right? So yeah. for you, it's the people first realizing that, okay, tech companies are, I think probably are famous for that is, uh, well, I don't even think just tech companies, even manufacturing companies and that, that sort of industry itself um, perpetuates the, the idea of, um you know, long hours, get the project done, you know, and yeah. that, that sort of thing, right? So yeah. it's like, now we have to st- stop and say, okay, we're working at, people are working at home generally. And yeah. it's like, okay, how can we support them working at home while getting their job done? And yet at the same time, they have so many more duties and things, responsibilities to look after, right? So. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think, I could easily uh, say what's gone wrong with, you know, corporate cultures and I could easily go into the educational system as well. Right. But I think that the corporate culture and educational systems were really born, you know, kind of in the twenties, you know, it's a very manufacturing centric mentality. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is, you know, with robotics and AI and intelligent artificial intelligence and, and software, people are no longer doing widget work. Right, you're not right. taking the widget from this side of the <laughs> conveyor belt and sticking it over there. Right, um, but that's really what we've taught our business leaders, you know, to think. Mm-hmm. And that's still what a lot of the business textbooks will say, and you mm-hmm. know, the books that people will hold up to, you know, you should read this book and learn how to be a great executive. You know, there, there's there's some jewels in there, but you still, if you read a, a Jack Welch book from the '90s, you know, it's kind of sounds like the '20s a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think what, what if you think about where you know, my kids are, are 12 and 11, where they're going to go thrive and have careers, it's not going to be widget work. It's going right. to be creative. It's going to be creative work and unique problem solving things mm-hmm. that robots can't do, right? Right. Which again means that someone that comes in and, you know, punches a time clock and does their job and leaves, you know, that day's, you know, the, that's going to be less and less of the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, that means you're getting more into their personal lives and you have to adapt how you lead you have to adapt how you manage expectations um you know one of the things we're playing around with people first is is actually turning off our communication systems and our emails you know over the weekends mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know after hours you know we're you know we're very uh you know people are working from home we let people kind of create their own mm-hmm. timelines and their own calendars we just are really trying to manage the organization more on tasks mm-hmm. and you know when you got to get it done and you know we expect you to do it you know that's right 
that's your role, but we don't have to micromanage and we're not going to look at the clock and when you came in and when you left at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, I think those days are gone. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when was your kind of wake up call when you realized that, you know, my people matter more than me getting a project done? Um, well, you know, I had uh, one particular employee who was an inspiration, um, who's been with me on three different startup journeys. And great, great person, hard worker, but he's like, I need you to talk through something with me. Mm-hmm. He's like, you've always paid me well. I, I can't complain there, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure I've ever seen the big home run that I thought startups were supposed to give me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, I just want you, if, if the answer is, you know, it's not built for people like me and, you know, that's fine, but just tell me the answer. And I said, you know what? I don't think we are building it for the, for the masses. I mean, mm-hmm. you give away stock options and you give away these incentives and I've been guilty in the past of dangling mm-hmm. that as a carrot. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is if most people knew how investor preferences work and you know debt and all that kind of stuff paid out, most people working at startups aren't gonna see the upside that they're hoping for, right? right. Now you can have a Facebook and you can have an Uber and then there's plenty to go around. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is most startups aren't worth a hundred billion dollars. Right. <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs> and so it really made me look at that and I'm a big believer that, you know, rising tide rises all boats. Like if I can figure out how to make my employees get a bigger piece of the apple, then I'll be doing just fine. Right. 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 Um, so that was kind of the, the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And then as we started to look at what we wanted to build with this venture studio, everything we build, every company takes on that tone and that, that culture as well. So like, mm-hmm. hey, what's going to make us very unique and give us a kind of unfair competitive advantage in the world and all all roads led back to people mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know people are going to be our differentiator um and they always are usually but more so today than ever right then you start to say things okay well can we get better people because we we pay better mm-hmm. the stats say no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the research will tell you that you know people need to make what they need to make but past that it's not a motivating factor right right, right. Uh, the motivating factors are culture and mm-hmm. and how you support the folks around you and right. um, how you get the best out of them, how you encourage them to always be learning and always be exploring and, you know, how do you make these things more than words? So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. guess at the end of the day, it still came back to good old capitalistic greed. We want to figure out how to have a competitive <laughs> advantage, but we really just do believe if you focus yeah. there and making it people first and then all the other good stuff comes your way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that one. So um, I was just kind of curious, you ha- your company, your studio is called Nobody Studios. How'd you come up with a name like that? Nobody Studios. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a it was a it was a topic of contention in the McNally family because my my wife hated the idea of nobody, but nobody's a nobody, right? Yeah. Um, and I agree with that 100%, but that was actually the reason for it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, that we really have to be building something and building companies and ideas that are bigger than ourselves, mm-hmm. bigger than any one personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little bit of a anonymity to what we're doing as well. We have some great executives that are working full-time jobs somewhere else. Right. Um, so that played into it. You know, we have some folks that are moonlighting or their side hustle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, as we reached out and started building our network and I'm, I'm very humbled by the people who've joined our, our journey so far because we just right. have some really awesome people. 
But one thing started to resonate again and again, which was I think the pandemic really is, you know, the probably the first time in you know most people's lifetimes right. that the entire world was facing mortality. Right. And staring that down, right? Maybe mm-hmm. World War II. Yeah. You know, that means most people hadn't, you know, experienced that. And when you come out of a, a scenario where you've stared down mortality, you tend to ask yourself things like, you know, is what I doing worth it? And, yeah. You know, am I, is what I'm doing having an impact? Mm-hmm. And is, is what I'm doing going to, you know, achieve my dreams and make me happy and et cetera, et cetera. So right. I just, we kept seeing again and again, people saying, look, I'm going to change things because what I'm doing in the future has got to get me out of bed again. Right. Right. You know, right. and so that also kind of came a rallying cry for us. And the nobody theme, we started feeling like we're kind of building a, a movement of mm-hmm. you know, some really talented people that want to be part of something big. And we're able to have these big lofty conversations like, okay, what does it mean to be people first? Right. You know, and watch people just chime in and be part of that creation process. And, you know, people come after a brainstorming and say, I've never been asked that question before. Like, well, that's, that's the problem. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> we're doing something right. Yeah. It's always about the good conversations that we have with people and finding out what their passion is and what, what they want to get out of a situation. Right. And yeah, um, yeah that's, that's one thing I know that it's really lacking is people just don't want to reach out across the table and say, well, who are you or what's, what's your passion? What do you like to do? You know, outside of per se a work, you know? Yeah. And we're all wired differently. Right. So it's mm-hmm. not, um, we're certainly not trying to recruit people with similar personality types, yeah. Um, but we are trying to create, you know, recruit people that fit into a certain type of mold. You know, I, we kind of have a no asshole rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no time for that. Um, I really am I'm pretty ruthless against politics. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty ruthless against talkers. Yeah, I'd rather right. have doers. <laughs> so you, know, you start to filter out, you know, some folks. Um, you know, I tend to think that all the best intentions around culture tend to be threatened by bad hires. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's also leadership because it's leadership's job to recognize, you know, and I think we as leaders sometimes get infatuated with a certain person's resume or what we right. think they might bring to the table, but then we're making the decisions the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, if you threaten your culture, you threaten your company. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what do you mean by... Um a bad hire. So how would you know if it's a bad hire? Well, I think um, I've seen before I went back into Venture Studio, you know, this venture, I did a lot of consulting with folks uh, in startups. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of leaders get it wrong by trying to be the good guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And but they, the people who would like to be the good guy tend to hire assholes to do their dirty work. <laughs> and I, I, think that's cow- about that. <laughs> I think that's cowardice. Um, yeah. But I think that that's something that happens more often than people want to admit that they don't mm-hmm. want to be the bad guy, but they know they need a bad guy, which yeah. is opening the, opening the door to that culture. Right. Right. Um, and it gets you out of the fact that, hey, people will follow a good leader and do amazing work, but you have to look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure that you're, good, you're being a good leader. And sometimes that's hard for people to do. Right, right, right. So tell us a little bit more about, I know you have other passions than people first. It's just a part of your business. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about your passion and what you love to do the most. Um, well, yeah, simply the reason why I did this is because I'm an idea person. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, in my career, it was always kind of like, that was a bad word. Yeah. It was actually, it was, you got labeled wrong. Like, oh, okay, just an idea <laughs> guy. Um, and so I spent my entire career trying to fake it as an executor mm-hmm. and got, got pretty good at it. But mm-hmm. um, I believe that ideas are, are becoming more and more important with mm-hmm. where we're going in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that technology, you know, most people don't appreciate a paradigm shift of kind of technology. Like the internet is a great example, right? Right. The internet, you know, my first startup company was an internet company in 96. You know, mm-hmm. I was getting customers on the internet with an AOL disc in my hand, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and they had 600 Bob modems back then. Yeah. You know, take 22 minutes for my webpage to paint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for it to show for, up yes yeah, forget videos forget videos forget audio um yeah the brochure but, on the line <laughs> yeah but if you look at what happened with the internet right yeah it's basically completely matured over 25 30 years right mm-hmm. and now it affects elections and you know it's affected every part of our lives from you know dating to banking to you know there's nothing that hasn't been touched right right but 30 years is a long time to adapt to a paradigm shift in technology. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember we were talking to the president of Gap stores in 97 mm-hmm. and we we're trying to get him to do something with our e-commerce you know, software. And yeah. he said, oh, we got, we got the internet figured out. You know, it's just going to be a place that our customers are going to go print coupons and come into our stores. You know? <laughs> and the reality is he probably didn't see the light. He probably yeah. retired, <laughs> right? We had 30 years of a new generation to kind of come on board. Mm-hmm. My point there is our fundamental belief is that there'll be 10 paradigm shifts of that magnitude mm-hmm. in the next mm-hmm. 20, 30 years. Right. And you might have five to 10 years to adapt to them, which means mm-hmm. you don't have the chance for the next generation to grow up. You don't have a chance. Companies are going to be destroyed by paradigm shifts that are going to mm-hmm. make them uh, basically obsolete. Um, so that, again, that, that belief system allows me to uncover my, my ideation and say, (laughs) I think ideas are the big, the big future of commerce. Mm -hmm. Um, there are going to be some very disruptive ideas that come along, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it wasn't that we had any problems getting around 10 years ago before Uber, Mm -hmm. it was a heck of a lot easier today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that there's, you know, being, allowing ourselves to, be passionate about ideas and brainstorming and building a culture that allows that to happen and recruiting people that think like that or better at it than me. That's my real passion and have a blast at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was uh, on your site last night, just kind of getting a feel of who you are and what you do. And I noticed uh, several new um, apps or services that you're going to be offering, or you're just in the middle of launching, I would assume. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I was just, you know, it's like nobody's studios. Okay. So nobody's studios is really just about a collaborative, creative incubator that is inviting people to come and play, share their ideas and see what you guys can create together. Right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. 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 And, we're, and we're having fun at it. You know, it's, um, we're pretty equal opportunity innovators. You know, we do, mm-hmm. we, we do a lot of different things in lots of different industries. Mm-hmm. But we tend to look at things that uh, have the ability to grow fast, um, products where we can get them in the market within a year. Right. Um, we're not looking for things that are going to be $30 million investments and seven years of R&D. Yeah. Um, you know, we're looking for things that are kind of quicker hits. Yeah. Um, and we're also looking for things that, um, you know, all things being equal can have a positive impact on the world. Right. Right. You know, and so yeah. we tend to 
some of the things we're getting involved in are where people have had personal pain or, you know, yeah. personal suffering or personal frustration within the executive team or like, it can be better, you know, let's yeah. figure out what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. My, my thing is uh, putting kindness on the stock exchange <laughs> or maybe take an IPO. I don't know. I'm, I'm still playing with that, but it's just yeah. that, um, I just firmly believe that I've been in business for a long time now. And um, from what I just come to believe that if people put money into it, they're more invested in it. So I don't know if that's true, but you know, just from what I've seen and do, done. And um, so the idea, I know is people just say, oh, what's that got to do with business? Who wants to do that? You know, but it, you know, without it, you're just, you have a very toxic environment. So yeah. yeah anyway, that's my thing. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, going back to, I don't mean to be picking on Jack Welch, but um, <laughs> well, he was, I, he was great at, in his time, you know, but now yeah. you can't take forward, you can take forward a few of his ideas, but you can't take all of it now. Right. Yeah, because exactly. It's, and, it's and aged. I, I just think he's the easy one to latch on yeah. to and point to an older generation of, yeah. of business thinking. Right. Um, but, you know, that line of thinking came up with taglines like, if you want a friend, get a dog. <laughs> you know? and, and that's kind of what I remember hearing from my leaders, you know, as yeah. I was growing. Yeah. Um, and people trying to coach me on being a better leader. They're like, oh, you just want to be too friendly with people. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm straight and I'm direct, but yeah. we work too hard to not like each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that that's a big part of it. You know, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I, you know, I like being challenged by different types of people. I've certainly have my passions and my strong beliefs, but mm -hmm. uh, I have strong beliefs loosely held. <laughs> I like to yeah. be challenged. I like to be debating. I like to learn, you know, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my thinking and views of the world are, you know, dramatically different than, you know, 16 year old Mark, you know, right. or 25 year old Mark. There's no doubt about it, mm -hmm. but it's because you have to always be, be learning. And so my people, and the people I'm lucky enough to track to our journey, you know, they're part of my improvement and development as well. So. Right, right. Yeah, because, you know, who we become is who we attract or who are, wants to hang out with us or that we want to hang out with them. You know, they may want to hang out with us, but necessarily that we want to hang out with them, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like your idea about kindness on the stock exchange. Um, you know, one of the things we've been playing with, you know, in our idea, our idea lab where we're brainstorming ideas is, is how do you make you know all the platitudes and you know all the nice statements and how do you make them more concrete right, right. how do you make them bigger commitments right um and right now again i think it's easy people are look at you know hr departments and you know people will look at what is the crisis of the year or the crisis yeah. of the you know the decade and let's make sure we do a press release on that right but they're just check boxes for the most yeah. part right yeah how do you actually fundamentally change and Again, my, my passion is in innovation and ideation and how how that's going to really destroy a lot of companies yeah. uh, in the next couple of years. And I yeah. think that their savior will be culture. You're going to yeah. have to really break companies into way more agile, independent risk-taking organizations that maybe just benefit from a, a larger brand or you know capital resources. But mm -hmm. I think you're going to have to you know dissect big yeah. companies down into much smaller units and, and give them a lot more autonomy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what would be your final say as we wrap up this call about um, what your message is and what kind of impact you want to make um, in your business or in the world today? Um, 
Yeah, thanks for that. You know, I think, you know, one of the things that's near and dear to my heart is just that uh, everybody is got something they're struggling with, mm-hmm. whether it be them personally or something really close to them. And if you can find the the place to be coming from there, you'll mm-hmm. tend to be a lot less judgmental, a lot less, you know, a lot less friction or abrasiveness. And I think that you have to give people. Mm-hmm. Your voice disappeared. Oh, I lost him. Sorry, I didn't hear your voice. Anyway. But thank you. Um, I'll mark down his. Uh, I'll mark down what you just said because your voice just went. Uh, okay. So you want to repeat that last sentence because your voice disappeared. Sorry about that. That's right. Um, yeah, just uh, you know, I believe if you can always appreciate that everybody's struggling with something, mm-hmm. and you come come at it with that point of view, then you're going to have a lot less friction, a lot less abrasiveness in the workplace, and create, you know, create environments where people can do their best work and where people want to work. And I don't think right. that's going to be an option in the future. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully a few of us will get ahead of the curve and will benefit <laughs> from being ahead of the curve, but in the in the future, it won't be an option. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great, great. Well, thank you, Mark, so much for joining me today. I so much appreciate yeah. your honesty, your um, integrity, and um, I'm sure that um, people will likely want to reach out to you and find out a little bit more about what you're doing and how you're doing it. So that would be great. Awesome. Okay. Thanks for what you do. And I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Mark. And I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. Thank you for uh, following. Please subscribe to the show. Um, Just give it a quick like or uh, subscribe. And uh, I'd love to hear from you some feedback or comments. That'd be great. And in closing, just be kind to each other because that's all we have in this world. So take care of each other. Thank you. Okay. End this meeting.